a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart with it. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Egan. And I am your other co-host, Brian Kuyper. Today, we're getting mysterious. We're getting mysterious. This is one I'm super excited about. We're going to talk about some mystery movies. Sort of. Sort of. Mine is a mystery, (laughs) then not a mystery, then a mystery again. Spy, thriller, mystery, comedy, all in one. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of things, but it's a mystery at the core. Yeah. And since um, I know it's in the title and ever description and everything, but since we kept our choices for this episode a mystery since the last time that you know, we usually tease the episode because uh, we hadn't um, actually picked any movies yet, um, now we can actually say what they are. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with my pick. We're going chronologically this time. So we're starting with 1938 with Alfred Hitchcock's very exciting, very interesting, very fun, The Lady Vanishes. And then for my pick, we are doing from 1973, The Last of Sheila. Now, I got to say, though, I, I also wanted to pick a movie from 1973, but you wouldn't let me. No. I so believe it, it is a mystery, though. I wanted it, to not pick the, the kind w- I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, I wanted to pick the Wicker Man because <laughs> <laughs> no. I was uh, maybe it's just personal obsession lately, but that movie's freaking great. First of all, second of all, it's totally a mystery. It's totally, but <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. However, let's not fight. I'm glad that we chose the movies we did because yeah. The Lady Vanishes is a banger, it's, as the kids say. It absolutely say. is. Uh, this movie <laughs> rules, and I've been, I, I just had a blast revisiting it. And that what's weird Me about too. it, I almost, I've seen this several times, but I completely forgot about the last part of the movie. Like the last third of the movie totally escaped my brain. So this is just kind of uh, fun to watch and really, you know, and it really does follow the mystery track for, you know, the majority of its runtime. And it sort of changes gears a little bit in that third act, I think. Not a whole lot, though. No, no, but we'll get to that. Just enough for the conclusion. Yeah, we'll get to that when we get there. But um, I think it, I think that there's a definite, watching this this time, Maybe with the exceptions of Lifeboat and The Foreign Correspondent, I think this might be Hitchcock's most political movie, like overtly political movie. Notorious is too, but you know, this is, this really has something to say, I think, about 
the times that it was made and sort of England's position in the world at the time. And I think it's fascinating there. See, and I don't know enough about that stuff sometimes that I just don't think about it. Well, I had never <laughs> thought I about it movies before. Like yeah. I'd never thought about it before. And this was a kind of an interesting watch of it. Just sort of realizing, oh, I wonder, and sort of I looked up a few dates and I was like, oh yeah, that's gotta, uh, this cannot be coincidence. But yeah, it was fun to rewatch this. I hadn't, I've only seen this like maybe once or twice, several years ago, but it was one that actually kind of stuck with me. I remembered really specific scenes. Like I was like, I remember this, I remember the shootout. I remember that great scene with like uh, when Iris is up on the table and stuff, when the guy yeah. comes into the room and everything, just like fun little uh, quirky stuff like that. And um, just because I recognize this story as having inspired like other movies. Did you know there's actually three versions of The Lady Vanishes? Yeah, I knew about the Hammer one. It was technically the last Hammer film uh, of the original era, I should say, was a remake of The Lady Vanishes starring Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury, Elliot Gould, and Sybil Shepard. Right. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I yeah. never even heard of this. <laughs> yeah. I gotta find this. Yeah, I hear it's not good. <laughs> I don't care. I've, That's a great cast. <laughs> it, it is. Everything I've heard about it, though, it is not good. Um, uh. But there's another version that I wasn't aware of that you found. Yeah, there's a, a BBC film from 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. that makes that makes sense. And then, of course, there's the movie Flight Plan starring Jodie Foster, yep. which really is this movie. Uh, though it it's it's more self-serious i think it's it's fo- and it's instead of a an older woman who vanishes it's her daughter and no one yeah. believes that her daughter was ever on the plane with her but it's a similar plot yeah that's why i never have a problem with remakes or movies that are inspired by yeah. other movies because i'm pretty sure that that's how I even heard about and sought out The Lady Vanishes sure. in the first place was because of Flight Plan, because I, I heard people talking, mentioning this Hitchcock movie that I hadn't heard of because I was still, you know, a new film fan learning. And I was like, hey, OK, I'm going to go watch that. And it turned out to be a great movie that I loved. For me, I think it was When Harry Met Sally, because isn't it uh, that where Carrie Fisher says the line, wasn't it from The Lady Vanishes? Uh He's the most contemptible man I've ever met in my life. She does yeah, say that. There, <laughs> I don't a, remember that from the movie. There's though. a mention <laughs> of it. I can't remember if it was when Harry met Sally. Uh, forgive me for this, those of you who are yelling at your podcast right now. I don't know that movie uh, well enough to know. <laughs> it's either when Harry met Sally or Sleepless in Seattle, and I can't remember which one. I th- I'm pretty sure it's when Harry met Sally, but um, you can tweet at us, but <laughs> we we may see it. <laughs> Let's be I don't honest. Care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're we're good. If you know the correct answer, you know, be be cool. But yeah, we we're open to hearing that. So that's how I heard of it. And so I was also had read something. I was reading a lot about Hitchcock and when I was in college. Um, and so this was one of the. I got like a, a set of movies of the British period from him, and. One of the, I've really come around on the British period movies. I think that they are full of energy and exuberance uh-huh. that some of his more polished later films kind of lack. In some ways, the original version of The Man Who Knew Too Much, it's rough around the edges. It's just kind of nutty, but it is fun. It is really... It's it's I mean, Peter Laurie is so great and it has uh, so much crazy energy to it. 
And he loved in these early days just figuring out how to solve problems. And you see that like in blackmail, which, uh, you know, figuring out how to use sound because they shot it silent. And then he said, then the studio said, oh, sound is out now. So can you reshoot some of this for sound? So we did. And he figured it out how to do it, how to make sound interesting when sound was not very viable yet, you know. And so those are some examples. He just really loved solving those creative problems. And you can see that happening in these early movies. And it's it doesn't always work, but it's interesting and fun to see him figure out these things and sort of create the language of cinema uh, that would become, you know, what would become the Hitchcock movie. The groundwork's laid for it in The 39 Steps, The Lady Vanishes, Man Who Knew Too Much, um, Blackmail, Sabotage. I mean, even the things like Sabotage, he didn't, I'm I'm ranting a little, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of excited. (laughs) Um, he, He actually was regretted that spoiler alert they kill a kid in that movie but here's the thing in some ways sabotage is kind of aged better than some that have soft pedaled some of those things like suspicion where you know they kind of soft pedal the ending because cary grant can't be a bad guy you know that kind of stuff it's a really great movie up until the ending and you just kind of go ugh. (laughs) <laughs> but um, it's so it's kind of interesting that how um, to see Hitchcock really work and figure some of these things out in the early days. And there's one thing that we see of that, like in the very first shot of the movie that we were both <sighs> talking about off mic a little bit, that is very charming, even though it's like, it's obvious he wanted um, one thing he's also known for now is all those like overhead cool shots, like in his movies. And he kind of gets a little bit of that. <laughs> When there's like a quote a unquote like helicopter, helicopter shot, shot. <laughs> of the village that this whole story is taking place in, and it's a model, and it's super cute though. <laughs> and there's like it, fake people and a toy truck that moves along, but it does. Yeah. I mean, it does what he he needs it to do. You got to establish like the location and like yep. what the situation that these characters are in. Like there's an avalanche that's buried the train, so they're all you know stuck at this uh, hotel for at least the night and it's a fictional it's just just funny to see now (laughs) yeah this fictional country called bandrica that is very bavarian in feel let's just say that it has a rather germanic sense to it i think Uh, so and i think that's kind of important for this political situation at the time and as the story unfolds it kind of becomes clear to me some of those things but i what you notice right away though i think in this movie is how funny it is oh god yeah so many like uh, another thing you got to do in like uh, these mystery movies too is there's always like a fun colorful cast of characters and this one is Mm -hmm. still no exception you know and i love the introductions of of all of them yeah it's great Uh, i mean uh, our lead character here you know margaret lockwood plays iris she's the first one we see two friends and stuff Uh uh-huh the first person that we see in the hotel is mrs Froy. actually that's right yes you're right the lady of the title yeah i think that's i think he was doing that to there's the, the I don't know. It's always the, the whole thing. If you don't know the story of the lady vanishes, 
this girl Iris meets this older woman, Miss Miss Froy, on this train, and then um, she vanishes, and like everybody on the train tried to tries to convince her that she's not real; she was never there. Right. But he's establishing like right at the beginning that like, and actually having her interact with people. Yep. You know, that she really does exist, I think, you know, is what he's trying to do. And then, like, yeah. the, then the mystery is, like, why and where and who and, like, why <laughs> are they all doing this? And that's what makes the movie fun to me. Is like, cause sure. Because she is real. Yeah, and having it played by Dame May Witty, who would have been known in England very much so at that time. She was famous at the time. It's sort mm-hmm. of like Tallulah Bankhead in lifeboat so it's just a big name and have her be the first person you see ah okay there's the lady Uh and so we know what's coming because she vanishes because of the title (laughs) um but we're we're it sort of lays out you know these different characters i mean iris we established right away she's sort of a freewheeler she's getting married she has that line where she says i've been everywhere and done everything and just talks about some of the things she's done. What's left mm-hmm. for me but marriage? And it's just like she's it's she not has the sourest look on her face when she says exactly. that though. It's the best. <laughs> well it's funny, this definitely is you know, Hitchcock's view of marriage is always negative <laughs> in right? movies. Even even though he was part of a very long marriage relationship and seem and you know uh, with Alma Relville, um, obviously this was, <laughs> it was always kind of funny that the way marriage was treated in his movies mm-hmm. and all the relationships in his movies are like, they don't work. You know, <laughs> that that's just seems to be, he seemed to have a very pessimistic view of human relationships. So to me, this movie is in some ways like rear window because you're sort of looking in on the lives of all these people for these little snippets but kind of get the feeling that nothing's really going to work out for anybody, um, <laughs> which is sort of funny. I think it works out for Iris in the end. Yeah. The um, the the closing stuff is pretty funny, I think, with yeah. uh, Michael Redgrave as Gilbert. I, wonderful, yeah. obviously. One of the certainly one of the great British actors, of course, as well. So uh, and we've already talked about him because he's got a brief scene in The Innocence. Oh, he oh, that's right. The, okay. He plays uh, the uncle. Yeah, yeah. And he's also, we brief, we mentioned him in Dead of Night as well because, well, we briefly talked about Dead of Night because he's in that one as well. He's a ventriloquist that gets, ah, you know. I got to see, I still got to rewatch that. Taken <laughs> over by his dummy. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Hitchcock is also um, establishing here pretty clearly that Iris is a really independent. It, oh my God. Independent. <laughs> and like Absolutely. you said, like free spirited woman. And, um, yeah, she doesn't really want to get tied down. You think she's still, she still wants to like have adventures. She needs to meet her match. I think is what it, it, it is. It's what it comes down and, to. And I think that's what happens in, in, in the movie. So it doesn't feel like, whereas, you know, like other, otherwise sometimes maybe watching this, I'd be like, oh, why does it always have to end up that the cool independent woman, you know, has to find a man at the end, but she finds a man that's perfect for her. So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? <laughs> I I like and, and you know they're gonna you know they're gonna get together when their first interaction. I mean, because you're oh, the sure. most contemptible person I've ever met in my I life. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. That's how and it then, always goes. Yeah, right? <laughs> just, and then well, confidentially, I think you're a bit of a stinker too. I mean, that's, 
I love it. But I mean, to, the introduction of the, the the biggest characters are really fun. I love Caldecott and Charters. Oh my god! Um, as the, the two, <laughs> the two sort of British gentlemen who are only interested in cricket, though I think it's they're pretty strongly coded as gay. Obviously, something that would have had to be buried in the <laughs> subtext at the time, but I think it's. And pretty... I feel really dumb for not seeing that before you mentioned something but like i was saying to you before is like i think it's because like that stuff doesn't have to be (laughs) hidden anymore and i'm so used to seeing um like such wonderful gay representation that when it's supposed to be hidden i don't i guess i don't it doesn't register or i'm just kind of like oh I don't know. But then uh, you said that, and I was like, okay, they were literally in bed together in one scene. <laughs> Not in that way, but One it's... of them has a shirt off, and one of them, and the <laughs> other one has his pants off. Yeah, it's... Because they have to share the, the maid's room, because, you know, right. everybody needs a room at this hotel. The maid, too. I love her. For some reason, like, I really like the actress playing this character, because she's so cute, and she's got such a great smile, and the uh, way that she does her little part is a lot of fun. Yeah, and... It- you know, there's so much uh, with this that is just like this doesn't the the characters' motivations are important to the plot, but at this beginning, you just kind of think, oh, they're just introducing these colorful characters, mm-hmm. but those things that are weaved later into the key plot, right? Whereas the first time you watch it, I think there's sort of like a what is the point of all this? kind of sense you know Um, why who are these people why do we care about them yeah yeah but but it is really important and then you know miss Froy talks about how she is a governess and a music teacher so which is important to her character too and she's listening at the window to the man playing the guitar and singing the tune and Mm then there's the stomping from upstairs (laughs) I love, I love the line where Iris comes in and says, "Someone up." She calls down to the manager and says, "Someone upstairs is playing musical chairs with an elephant." <laughs> yeah. I love that kind of writing. You don't modern movies; everything has to feel so real and stuff like that. I love sort of the florid language of older movies, right? You know, that's kind of fun. The writing is so clever and funny, and well, and then you get actors like Boris, the guy who plays Boris, too. Okay, the, the hotel manager, the hotel manager, he's great. He's great. Yeah, he is. He's great. <laughs> People don't put those kind of flourishes on their the the physical mannerisms of their characters anymore, and I think yeah. I don't know I kind of miss that. I always loved watching that in older movies. Like it doesn't feel real, but it's just fun, and it kind of yeah. fits. If it's a story here, he's kind of he's like all super stressed out and everything, and he just he's got a, he wants to please Iris because she's got some money apparently. So that's another yeah. thing about her character. So she's that's right. she's got a little bit of freedom able in to that bribe way. a little bit <laughs> able to yeah. bribe them a little bit get rid yeah. of the noisy people upstairs yeah and then he goes up there and that's where we meet gilbert who just kind of says whatever <laughs> yeah i got music to write <laughs> he's well he's collecting uh he's sort of a uh, there's there's a composer in the early 1900s late 1800s who um in the early days of recording would go around and collect folk music bella bartok and he would capture these this folk music. So it kind of makes me think of someone like that, you know, who's collecting this folk dance for posterity and he's playing the clarinet and he's like sort of a musicologist kind of person, though maybe more of an anthropologist. We don't really get a definitive mm-hmm. 
idea of what he is, but we know he's adventurous, you know, like Iris, you know, he's sort of like her male counterpart, outspoken, uh, funny and witty and um, very intelligent. I mean, he's because, you know, when he gets kicked out of his room, what does he do? He goes down to hers. And moves in. Just to piss her off. I love it. Just to piss her off. And she's like, uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a toothbrush. (laughs) Good stuff. It's that whole, like, uh, again, with the romances of this time, you know, this is how a lot of them start out. Yeah, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. (laughs) But but it's fun and it's charming and it's like, it's innocent. And I I love scenes like this. (laughs) I think the transition's a little bit more organic, though, because they slowly warm to each other. It's not, yeah, you know, they're it's not constantly he, just embattled with each other. Um, when, when he, he recognizes that, that something yeah. is actually going on, like he he turns on like the real person and like not yeah. <laughs> that he yeah. probably is, you know, and not the the big charmer that he's trying to put on here. <laughs> sure, yeah, not really charming, but I can think of a right word. Right. No, he's he's uh, he's, <laughs> he's an antagonist to her, like yeah. he's pur- purposefully antagonizing her for a bit. But I think he also kind of thinks, hey, she's she is kind of cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's I yeah. think that's probably what is crossing his mind. I like too that she among among the the friends that she has, the the main one is the dark haired one, and not the blonde. Like blonde was so popular. You know, at this time too. Sure. I, yeah. Just as my my dark haired baddies out there. Thank you. <laughs> oh my bald and gray friends. <laughs> You're my people. As is Miss Froy. Okay, so Miss right. Froy is uh that was how's that for a segue? Old. Yeah. Um like me. Uh Aww. so Again, Miss Freud listening. Now, but this scene is great because the guy's singing outside and then the hands just sort of come into yeah. the to the frame and grab him. And then she she's like, oh, he's done. And she drops the coin. <laughs> I know. It's very funny. Okay, he's, so. He's, he's, he's been strangled. Are we talking about. Yeah. So are we, can we talk about this again as if we know how things. Sure, of course. Turn up course. or. No. <laughs> Okay, so what he was playing the tune that she's supposed to memorize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's nothing about like who killed him. Well, I think it are they were they probably on to her? Oh yeah, I think so. I think it's so they've hearts. been on. T- I'm pretty sure okay. it's hearts that that strangled. That's, tra- that's what I was trying to figure out. That's what yeah. I couldn't figure out after this was over. So I was like, "What about the guy that was killed at the beginning of the movie?" Okay. Yeah. You think it was him? Yeah, I do actually. Because yeah, I okay. mean, the next morning. They try to kill her again, right? They try because yeah. they try and drop the flower pot on her, but it lands on Iris instead. Yeah, you know who gets a uh, okay. gets. I don't know. <laughs> she should probably have that checked out because she probably has a concussion. I know, right? You know, um, <laughs> get brained with a brick. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna hurt a little bit. So. I love the part where she, you know, she's on the train and she, they show her passing out and they, they show, you know, those, that sort of yeah. surreal imagery. Showing her the friends train. saying goodbye. Yeah. And, uh, and then showing the train moving. The train is obviously on a, on like a stationary track and they're just showing the wheels spin. I didn't even pay attention. To uh, yeah. I kind of love it though. <laughs> but I, I, you know, she wakes up, she's in, Miss Froy has brought her into I don't know. Do they call him a cabin or a 
birth? What is compartment. that? Compartment. Compartment. That's the word I was looking for. And there are the other passengers in there. There's like that really mean looking lady and her husband. I know. She's, she terrifies me. Something about that lady terrifies me. And they call her like a, a countess or a baroness or something. I forgot. Something like that. Then they have, they have the little kid with the magician, which is kind of important, right? That's the magician who like is always like staring at her all creepily and smiling. (laughs) Like a weirdo. Yeah. And then, you know, again, like I said, there's just these different kinds of couples, different kinds of relationships. And yeah, like go to the dining on the way to the dining car. Now, this is the one that that I was it looked to me like Freud dropped something into the their compartment on purpose but i might be wrong because he then they're not like kind of shoves her out and closes the window on her and stuff like that the uh they're not in on it at all though they're not and at first i thought they were but then it's like the judge and his mistress is what it is Mm -hmm. margaret and what's his name i can't remember his name uh todd hunter is his last name okay yeah yeah i wrote it down margaret yeah i wrote it down somewhere but eric 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 I think it's his name. Yeah, they'd have to establish that the other the other people on the train all are hiding something in a way. Yeah, yeah. and they all... Yeah. And this is where they're establishing that other people are definitely seeing Miss Freud. And interacting with her. Yeah. yeah. Having encounters that they would remember. <laughs> exactly. And so, so uh, Margaret and Eric, for sure. And then um, they're in the dining car trying to say her name my name's miss freud and she's like freud it's like no no freud (laughs) rhymes with joy joy. (laughs) so she writes her name on the frost of the window so that's important that's actually some that's what tipped me off in flight plan because she writes the little heart on the window yes that's right so it's like oh wait i've seen this this is (laughs) yeah and then, you know, call the cotton charters again. You know, they're they're, sh- they're talking about cricket. They're talking about the cricket, sugar. as always. And the sugar. I think cricket might be code for something. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but um, they, they're this like, could, could we trouble you for the sugar, please? And they're like annoyed. And they're putting all the sugar back into the sugar bowl. And they give it to her. So there's definitely an interaction. They definitely see her. And um, she wants the waiter to make them a certain kind of tea that she right. keeps with her all the time. That's the only kind she'll drink. What's it called? Like Harriman's Horrible Tea. A million Mexicans drink it, so it must be great. <laughs> so the, it's it's just like the, just all this establishing of the reality of Miss Freud and that, yeah. you know, this is not a hallucination. It is the real deal. It's not because of the knock on the head or anything like that. She is definitely there. Even though they kind of try to play into that a little bit with like yeah. how many times like she gets woozy or fainty feeling, mm-hmm. um, Iris does. Yep. Yeah, and she does again um, here after they've had their little their tea. Yeah, she sort of drifts off while they're in the uh, compartment again. One last look at all the faces in the compartment, but then when she wakes up, she's vanished. The lady vanished. What do you know? And the mystery commences. Yay. And there, it, there it begins. Yeah. 
Um, so in that sense, this is this these two acts are very much like a, an Agatha Christie kind of traditional mystery with all of the interest, all of the interacting characters, mm-hmm. although the situation and you know what happened because clearly this is not something she's imagining. We saw her. All these other people saw her. What are they hiding? Why are they lying? And some mm-hmm. of them, and some of them, are perfectly, I guess, innocent, more or less, reasons, and the ones that have nothing to do with Miss Froy for not admitting that she's real. You know, money. And, yeah, well, money, <laughs> scandal, and we want to get home to see the cricket match. Which, okay, that's okay. interesting. Uh, <laughs> It's like that you're really into cricket. Well, they were talking so much in the hotel about one thing in their privacy. That's right. <laughs> Just saying. There has been no English lady here. You came back alone. That's what the countess says. So just the beginning of searching the train, the waiter claims she was alone. The receipt says there There's was a, a bill only says one person. Yeah. tea for one. But of course, we find out later the waiter... The porter was in on it. Yeah. And then he go- she goes down to like, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know if it's supposed to be like the quote unquote third class car or something like that. A party and car or something. The, <laughs> yeah, it looks, it looks like a better place to be than with all the hoity-toity right? rich people. It looks like fun to me. And that's where Michael Redgrave is, uh, Gilbert is. And they have the whole, oh, it's you thing. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite lines, <laughs> my father always said, never leave a lady in distress. He took it so far as to marry her. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. It's great. Yeah, but like you said, I do like how there's like an immediate like dropping of that facade when he can see that she's yeah she's kind of ups- there's something going on that she needs help with. She's not like super upset, but she's just like oh, I don't want to deal with you right now. This is more important. Like, yeah, this is super weird. And he can see that there's something there. So I also love the there. part where where she's trying to describe her, and then she says <laughs> she's like I don't remember she much. Gives the but... most. <laughs> I don't remember much, but then she gives the most detailed I know. Uh, description of her clothing. And I think this is meant to be a joke. I think this is supposed to be I funny. Think, says, oh, it is. And then she says, I'm sorry, I can't remember anymore. And he says, well, you can't have been paying much attention. Attention, <laughs> I know. It's such a great line. I wish I had written down so more lines. I wasn't funny. really doing that, I but there is a lot of good stuff. Down, yeah. I, I wrote down a lot of them, um, but not. Not as many as there are great lines in this movie. So, um, and then we have she goes to the cabin with Eric and Margaret. They deny it because, and then when they show them sort of behind closed well, he doors, it. that he denies it. She is just kind it. of like, "Why did you deny it?" And why then, did you lie to those people? Is what she says right. later on. Yeah, and and there's something interesting here is that they actually take you behind the closed doors Hitchcock puts you behind the closed doors rather than it's just sticking with Iris's point of view you know Mm -hmm. Um, we actually hear oh yeah we did see her but can you imagine the scandal if we were seen together if it was known that you and I are you know that's what I think makes this one a better mystery I think someone else might have gone with the whole kind of like they do in a flight plan where you you almost come to believe that, you know, there's something going on with her that she did imagine that this person yeah. was here the whole time. But, you know, Hitchcock, we know, doesn't do that. He likes to show yeah. and and tell you exactly what's going on because it's more of a mystery of like, okay, why? 
because of like who Miss Froy is. Yeah. Why? Yeah. We know her as she's this like kindly old lady who's just like governess and a music teacher. Like what the hell could she be involved in or like yeah. and you never suspect like anything. But but that's the big question is like why and why would yeah. why would it be like such a big conspiracy that all these people would go along with it? And that's you bring up a good point because I think that's something that's more interesting about Hitchcock is instead of he's more interested in the why than the what. You know, and I think that's why a lot of times he was criticized, like the Vertigo mystery being given away before the end of the movie was mm-hmm. like, that's was one of the biggest criticisms of that movie. You read it, you read reviews of the time and all of them are like, he gives away the solution before the end of the movie. And it's like, Solution's well, that's not so the final. Yeah, thing. <laughs> it's that's so the ending can mean more. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point. So whereas, you know, like, I guess with Psycho, he actually took that all the way to the end. You know, it's like you know, <laughs> the reveal is not being till the end. But this isn't like that. This is a different kind of thing. Yeah. He actually despised whodunits. He thought they were the least interesting form of mystery. So he was, I think, more interested in the why. I, I'm not saying I why agree. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why done it, I think, is more his interest. Yeah. I like them both. See, I oh, watched, me too. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, another one that we've been talking about, too, is I watched Evil Under the Sun for the first time this week, too. And that's a total, like, classic agatha christie mystery like gather everybody in the the room at the end and say exactly what happened like right dropping those little clues but and that's that's super fun too but this one is just as fun because it's still just as much of a big mystery with all the people involved and like again just why like what yeah. it, what is the bigger story here i mean there's still plenty of mystery to figure out even if you know that part of the mystery that this woman does really exist and she did go missing you know yeah they're yeah. both good they are and you Hitchcock. know i watched a couple Hitchcock. Of... they're both good kinds of movies <laughs> well you know I I'm, mean, just he... I'm just kidding hard to argue with the man now <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i i watched a couple of Agatha Christie whodunits myself. I watched the original, mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to emphasize that, the original uh, Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile. So the ones with Albert Finney and Peter Ustinov from uh, the 70s. And yeah. they are very much the classic, you know, drawing yeah. room whodunits. Um, but both <laughs> of them are terrific. They're both terrific movies. So, yeah, um, yeah the great all-star cast movies of the time, you know. So, uh, the doctor it, becomes kind of involved too. He, uh-huh. as we know now, is he pretends to be very interested in you know, <laughs> right? Um, coming up with his theory about you know how the bloater her head with the uh, the flower pot could be causing these Hallucination. hallucinations yeah. of this woman, this moment that she just imagined that she saw, and right. this name that she probably heard from a book or something, yeah. you know, before that she gave to her. So. <laughs> Right, right. And we also find out why Caldecott and Charters are like, they just don't want to get involved. They don't they want don't really anything. Care, yeah. <laughs> they don't want any. They're, they're going to deny it because if they say that they saw her, then they might stop the train and they won't mm-hmm. make their connecting. They won't make it. Yeah. yeah, they won't make it back for their cricket match. Um, so, yeah, which is interesting. They're just kind of selfish dudes anyway. The they're they're kind of <laughs> selfish at this point, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, that, the whole thing but that's, the, that's key them, to their characters, though, and that's key to the the 
ending of the movie being more effective, I think, is them being okay. like, I am not, we're not going to get involved. We're just going to stay out of it and do our True. own thing. If it doesn't have anything to do with me, then I'm not going to get involved. And that's a key political element for when they have to get involved. It's also just a good representation of like what like actual people would. Absolutely. Pr- how they would react in a situation like that. Like some people like, yeah, I wouldn't, honestly, I would wouldn't want to get involved you know unless i saw someone was being like hurt or anything but it's just like if it's it's like i don't care (laughs) yeah that sounds horrible cut that out michelle (laughs) but that's just how real people might react too. like people just don't want to get involved in other people's stuff exactly yeah um but the train does stop not long after they say that because it picks up a new passenger who uh, or passengers. One of them is a patient wrapped in bandages and the other is a nun. That's not suspicious at all that the head is wrapped in bandages, is it? No, that's not suspicious. No. It, it, no, <laughs> it's just a coincidence. It has nothing to do it's with anything. Just, it's, it's just a patient. It's just a scene. Yeah. It's just one of the doctor's patients. Dr. Yep. Hartz. Do we say his name? Dr. Hartz, yeah. So then Margaret, you know, after she gets kind of pissed off at Eric and says... Well, if you're not gonna, I, I'm gonna blow our cover because I want you to. I, I want you to get a divorce so we that we can yeah. be together. And so she admits that she is saw Miss Froy. Goes to Iris and Gilbert and says right. that she saw her. And it's like, oh, yeah. we f- hey, uh, who is Hearts or whatever says, oh, we found Miss Froy. We found this person you're looking for. We found the woman in tweeds that you were talking about, and they take it in. No, it's Madame Krumer. Right? Coomer? Yeah. Coomer? Coomer. Yeah. She pretends to be the this woman. She pretends to be the woman who helped Iris. Not Miss Freud. That was a figment of her imagination. But it's like, no, yeah. I, I, yeah. And again, Margaret sort of says, oh, yeah, that's her. Even though she knows it's not. Because before this other woman comes in, Margaret and Eric were kind of left alone. So you know that he said something to her yep. to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> yep. That's right. And it's pretty obvious when she, quote unquote, identifies this woman as Miss Freud that she's lying. It's right. pretty obvious from her face. Oh, oh, clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Then they're sort of like, okay, well, mystery solved. And, and Gilbert and Iris yeah. go to the dining car and they're talking about his father and how he was introduced to music and all these things as a child and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and she's like, wait a minute. The tea, the, the tea, tea packet, the special tea, and then the name on the window and all of that. And she kind of gets a little hysterical and pulls the brake. I don't think she's getting hysterical. I think she's like actually not hysterical. Not the her, right word. You're, yeah. I think she's being like who her character is. She's let all these people right now like convince she's her. Passionate. That, yeah. And like, she, like, no, she's she's this independent woman that's going to stand up for what she knows is true. And she's going to actually say something and do something Absolutely. about it. Quit letting these people like just be like, oh, you silly girl, you know, put that out of your mind. And, you know, that's what they're all trying to tell her. Here. Sure. That's not, that's not right. who Iris is. That's not who we met at the beginning of the movie. We This is the girl that we met. That's right. That's right. And now it's interesting that the next shot is Caldecott and Charters talking about how they're late because of her. But then they start oh thinking they they admit to seeing Miss Froy, first of all, to each other, and wonder how she could have vanished. Start thinking about that. And then Gilbert sees the Hellermans tea. Hellermans, that's what it was. In- Harrimans. 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 Hellermans is mayonnaise. <laughs> um, 
Harriman's, yeah. The package on when they throw the rubbish out. Rubbish. I love that word. <laughs> and so this is where Gilbert is convinced. Well, before that, doesn't he have... He has a talk with the doctor because she's fainted again. Mm-hmm. She faints a lot in this movie. Um, well, she did get a, a nasty talk- knock on the head. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, he has a talk with the... Um, the doctor again like trying to make her out to be this like crazy woman and they have they they he the doctor insists that she goes somewhere for a rest right. which another is another code for you know a mental hospital yep put her someplace and even yeah and yeah put her someplace and yeah. even um gilbert kind of seems in this scene to think that like because all these other people are seemingly are not siding with her you know he's starting to not believe her but then it's yeah the tea thing yep really turns him around he's convinced i believe yeah now this is kind of i love the scene the storage the storage yeah the the (laughs) cow or whatever in the the cow in the basket and but the thing is you know this is important because you know it's the magician's equipment you know the Mm -hmm. the disappearing cabinet the weird the weird italian guy in the compartment is the great dopo, <laughs> is dopo. yeah dopo, dopo, like dopo. now they, there's a fun little bit in here too where they're sherlock holmes and watson yeah that's just kind yeah, of yeah. A, it's just sort of like this <laughs> nod to the classic mystery style uh which is fun and i like that a lot he asks her something and she says i don't know i'm just watson i'm just <laughs> right? watson yeah yeah but, but then then uh he puts the glasses on and it's like wait a minute those are her glasses those are miss freud's glasses yep. um and i like how you know the whole tussle with dopo or whatever <laughs> his name is and well, um, he, they find out he has an act called the vanishing lady. Yeah. They find his magic cabinet, you know, where mm-hmm. people dis- supposedly disappear from. Yeah. And there's a rabbit and there's birds there's and there's all kinds of things. <laughs> the bird has a funny part later on in this scene because <laughs> they have a they have a fun little yeah tussle with Dopo when he shows up and Iris like climbing up on the... <laughs> On the stool to get the knife out of his hand and then biting right. his hand. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's all it's, good stuff. It's great. It's great. Um, but he escapes. They put him in a trunk. Yeah. yeah. He escapes through the false bottom. You know, perhaps this is how I thought of that. the lady vanishes. Possibly. And they switched her up, right? Okay. So. And then at the end of the scene, sorry. <laughs> I was talking about with the bird. It. There's a fun, there's this fun little moment where they're, they're having like the final moment here and the bird like flies by and like kind of knocks him in the head a little bit (laughs) and then like it's just something that was left in there i thought it was i just thought it was funny (laughs) and then 30 years later 25 he made the birds okay Uh, (laughs) so the nun and the person with the bandages and they said what if that's miss Froy in the bandages this is an idiotic thought i love how he says that it's funny (laughs) and this is probably my favorite moment in the movie wait a minute Nuns don't wear high heels. I don't think she's a real nun. I don't think she's a real nun. Okay, so that's uh, that's uh, interesting because you know that who the nun ends up being is fascinating. You know, it's kind of this goes through a shift too because she's mm-hmm. she's helping the bad guys. You know, the Nazis who are not really Nazis, but they're basically Nazis. Then she's like, "But I'm British, so I'm not." gonna betray another british person god save the queen fuck you i'm uh, you know 
I, I, I think yeah. that's it's interesting <laughs> kind of stuff. Uh, she doesn't say that because it is 1938. Well, Hartz is also a brain surgeon, is he not? And he talks about like he's going to perform an operation. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty. Ob- they're making it pretty obvious that they're going to kill Miss Fry, right. <laughs> or at least like torture her or something. You know, probably right. to get the tune from her. Yep. You know. Yeah. But they didn't they kill the guy who was giving the who was or so she can't relay the tune. I mean, I think to the others. Two, yeah. Yeah. It's a MacGuffin. It, it, it matters it's, much more yeah. to them than it does to us. <laughs> sure. Um, so now... But they, the, they the, trust the doctor way too much. Like, just because he's a doctor. Yeah, just because he's a doctor. Not it's like or trustworthy. Tom, <laughs> Tom Cruise, you can trust me. I'm a doctor. <laughs> nice. Thank you. You pulled that okay. out really quick. Nice. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> didn't, didn't even plan that ahead of time. Right. Yeah. Don't they have a like a conversation about like oh the the doctor that's someone that we can go to like now that we yeah. actually suspect something is going on when really like spoiler well, and the, and he's in charge of the whole thing <laughs> he's in charge of the whole thing and the tip off for that is it happens in this scene it's it's like right after this um, yeah she says you know the nun they, is, is, he won't is, show is a, the patient's face won't show the patient's face he says you know the nun's a deaf mute. And then they close the door mm-hmm. and immediately she's talking and she's yeah. British. She's got like this heavy Cockney accent. And then they they talk about the steward. The steward is working for yeah. us, whoever us is at this point. Um, he orders this scene when in the dining car with the chartreuse and the brandies is great. This is this is like. Okay, there's Hitchcock. We we recognize this that's, is Hitchcock. That's what I, it looks like what I was thinking. You've got those glasses Show in the, the bomb foreground. Under the table. Yep. Yep. Showing the bomb under the table. You know that you you just know because you've seen mysteries and spy thrillers before, right? That mm-hmm. the brandies are drugged. You know they are. Yep. And there's that that part where she doesn't want to order one, but then oh, he convinces her to order one. The doctor hearts for yeah. um, says, "Oh, you, it'll make it'll lift you up. It'll make you feel better." And then she's not con- she's not drinking it. She's not drinking it. She's not drinking it. Gets up last second, drinks it. Drinks and it. And you're <laughs> like, no. Oh! I mean, because yeah. I mean, yeah, because Hitchcock knows. He trusts the audience in that scene. I love yeah. how he trusts the audience. He just says, he doesn't t- doesn't show you that anything was put in there. Doesn't say anything about anything being put in there. You just know that something is in the brandy. That has just as much, if not more suspense, you know, than yeah. not showing anything like that. You know, oh, yeah. that's what he was so good at. That's what he loved. Love that's why they called him the master of suspense. He was, uh, he's going places. He's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he had his moments. Um, but then uh well first he does admit the doctor does admit to them because he just has just drugged them and it's about to take effect he admits that that uh the patient really is miss Freud and that he'll be performing a surgery on her like we said or there is a conspiracy and (laughs) i'm in charge of it and iris goes out then shortly after gilbert goes out and he's like, ha, 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 evil laugh, I've won. <laughs> kind of, no, he doesn't really do that. But basically, right. that's the scene he's doing. Well, I love, <laughs> I love how leaves. they pass out. You know, yeah. Gil- Gilbert, <laughs> and they pass out, and he and he opens his eyes. That's the great little shifty eye moment. Uh, yep. I, I love Michael Redgrave in this. He's so funny he and quick. Um, he's tall. It's like, yeah, he is. 
tall drink of water. <laughs> but he, uh, indeed. indeed, she only um, fainted, and he pretended. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. It's out. like if we keep moving. I've I've read somewhere that if we keep oh, yeah. moving, it'll keep right. us from falling asleep. <laughs> that's a that's a funny part. I gotta say that's that really comes funny. that comes funny later too. Yeah, she's doing yeah. the <laughs> doing the calisthenics. Doing the toe touches. Hits, <laughs> hits her on the butt. There's no there's no drug. So anyway, um, but I love it. You know, he climbs out out the window, and the other That's train coming the other direction. And that is a oh, great shot with the other train. Just kind of classic stuff, you know. I mean, how many times mm-hmm. have you seen something like that in other movies since this? And um, you know, climbing in the other window, and there's the nun, and but she didn't drug them. Nope. Because, like you're saying, she. <laughs> because she's got a different kind of loyalty. She, she's an English woman. I can't. <laughs> I can't let him kill an English woman. And they ripped the bandages off the patient. And, and it's Miss Freud. Freud. She Yay. does exist. Duh. Yeah. And then they fake that they're unconscious again uh, to throw hearts off. And then now they switch Coomer back into yeah, the Coomer bandages. Yeah, because Coomer comes right. in. Yeah. She she's the one who came in in the bandages, right? And then yeah. they they put her back in. Okay, so yeah, that, she and yeah. she comes into the compartment while they're all like. So they do this really fast, where they put her in the it's bandages. It's quick. They, it's so quick. They, it I like missed <laughs> Miss it. Miss Roy has to hide, and they have to get back into their like yeah. positions where they passed out. <laughs> it's amazing right. how much happens in this ninety-six minute movie. You know, I, I know. mean, it's like I remember like, it being so much longer for some reason, but it yeah, it's not. It's, no, but so there's just much a lot happens. of plot going on efficiency of storytelling we love it good stuff yeah and this is where it starts getting really political i mean where you have she she's english that you know the nun says she's she's english she didn't want to hand over an english woman and there's just like this sense of patriotism that Mm. arises from here on out to the end and i was thinking about this is like okay so the fake country in this movie is awfully germanic and what was Germany doing in 1938 but invading Austria? <laughs> and they were about to invade Poland and Czechoslovakia. And the Blitz was going to start in 1939. There's no doubt spy work going on by the British mm. during this time. So I think, I really feel like Coldicott and Charters are sort of like the Neville Chamberlain appease Hitler people, you know, just let them do their thing. It doesn't, it has nothing to do with us, whatever. But then charters gets wounded Mm. and it's like, okay, now we have to be involved, you know, and they join the fight. They start shooting back, you know, at the, (laughs) at, at, at the quote unquote, they're not, they're not technically Nazis, but they might as well be. Um, They might as well be. You can kind of tell from their costumes too. Officers' Absolutely. uniforms and stuff Absolutely. are very. Like I mean, they have the long coats and everything. It's yeah. very much like these are Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> and Caldecott ends up actually being a good shot. Well, because yeah, exactly. they, they, they uncouple the train and they divert it away. Yeah, and everything. There's yeah, a lot of other stuff goes on too because the doctor well, gets off with the fake. Yeah. Uh, the the new the patient and then realizes that it's not really Mrs. Freud, so he has to get back right. on and they uncouple the train and they sure. <laughs> well, take it away some... and they they end up in the middle of the woods like with uh, that's these right cars parts yeah. there that are right waiting well, there's, for them. There, there's a couple of interesting lines like so it's Caldecott Charters um, Gilbert Iris 
Miss Froy, they're all kind of there. You know, the Margaret and Eric, they're Eric all and just, Margaret, yeah. yeah, they're all just kind of there. Someone says, I think it's Caldecott or Charters, can't remember who. It's like things like this. Oh, no, it's Eric who says it. Things like this might cause a war. Yeah. And, and Froy says, it's happened before. You know, this is well within memory of World War One. So uh, there's just this sense of all of all of this that was sort of bubbling below the surface suddenly coming up. You know, this is hmm. this is openly political at this point, in my opinion. And I had completely forgotten about all this. If you just think about, you know, what essentially was going on in Europe at the time, it's like, uh, yeah, this is ultimately Hitchcock, the writers, producers saying we can't just stand by and let the Nazis get away with this because it's going to come to us and it's going to cause problems for us, too. So now all these characters have to work together to fight in this yep. the shootout that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you've even got Caldecott the... and Charters who just didn't yep. want to be involved. And when Caldecott actually ends up being a good shot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, and then Eric, you know, ah. he's like he's like he's going to surrender. He's just going to give up. He yeah. goes out. He has his he flag goes out with and a he white gets shot. Yeah. yeah. He gets shot. And there's like, okay, you know, that's, this is, I mean, that's pretty clear in a lot of ways. It's like, if you go down this path, it's, you're just going to end up being destroyed. Um, I I think that to me, this is pretty muscular (laughs) as far as its political outlook. I mean, it's pretty bold, especially at that time, because there was not a war. There was not bombing going on in, in London yet, but there would be soon. Mm, so, very soon, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's just I just found that really fascinating. Um, then, you know, the nun runs out. She switches the track. She gets shot in the leg, but she's her, she's a hero. She's kind of yep. saves the day. She saves them, and I love all of that. Because they're know. going to Gilbert, and I forgot who else is going to go and try and start up the train again to get out of there. Right. <laughs> oh, and I, I forgot, didn't even mention, you know, Froy reveals that she's a spy the message she's a spy the song what she she gives <laughs> she gives the she sings the song to to gilbert and gilbert's like oh yeah. i could he's so he's singing it in his head because he's musically yeah. trained and you know hey it's a, it's a what a coincidence that's a, they all right they're all musical yeah. people yeah. right <laughs> they just have which to, i kind of love there's some well, of course you do <laughs> yeah. The tune is some kind of what is it? It's a code that's it's a coded some, message something for two countries, yeah. and it doesn't matter. They don't, I mean, that's they what don't, it comes they don't down explain to. anything. They don't, they don't even that. explain yeah. it. Yeah, it's again <laughs> MacGuffin. It doesn't right. <laughs> mean anything. My favorite MacGuffin probably is in um, is in North by Northwest. So, so what do they want? Oh, uh, government government secrets, I suppose. That's all he says. That's it. It doesn't Aliens matter. Yeah. It's like, what, 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 what's on the microfilm? Uh, government secrets, I suppose. It's just like the sure. funniest line. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, that's not the point. Something of this. government. Yeah. Yeah. So I, love I remember line. being like, that's being like such, it's such like a, it's not like they don't treat it as like a big moment that she actually no. is a spy. But I remember being like, what? The, wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's just so aloof about it. Well, it's because it's like a, Hitchcock... By the way, I got to dip out because I really am a spy. So I got to yeah. get this message. And I it's what just, it all I comes it, down to is Hitchcock doesn't care. That's right. not that's not the story that they're trying to tell. 
So I and I love that about his movies. Sometimes it's fun to handle stuff like that, though, because it's even more of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Uh, now they get to Victoria Station in in London, and this is where you have the Hitchcock cameo. He just walks by. Fuck, I, did I miss it? Ah. Yeah, he's he's smoking a cigarette and he's kind of shrugging his shoulders. It looks like he's kind of dancing to a tune. It's really funny. It's it's got a, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's I think I remember looking at the beginning of the movie when there was more people around, right. and then I gave up and I couldn't find him, and I didn't think about it for the the end. Well, the thing is, it's funny is is um in later ones he would start putting him right at the beginning so people wouldn't look for him, but the earlier ones oh, they really? could be they could be anywhere in the movie so like strangers on a train even it's right in the middle yeah can't remember what that one is yeah he's he's got a big bass fiddle like a like a (laughs) and he's loading it onto a train yeah anyway that's i love that one that's one of my favorites (laughs) but then they they are they're wanting to deliver the message to the foreign office and so he keeps singing the song he's still singing the song iris hides from her fiance with i love that part (laughs) and they kiss and they're together it's like like, they go to the foreign office and he's like oh no i can't remember the tune all i can think of dun 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 dun. that's the wedding march that's so (laughs) i love that the love, the lo- newfound love has messed with his mind and he's yeah. forgotten the tune. <laughs> but then he but hears then it playing on a piano. Piano. And they go inside the office and who's there but Miss Froy delivering the message to the foreign <laughs> office on the piano. And yay, and- the allies are going <laughs> to win. All right. So <laughs> what a fun movie, though. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing about movies from the 30s is they just end. Um, so I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> I, yeah. Story is over. We're done. All right, cool. We're done. We're done. This was cool. a lot better even than I remembered it because I remember watching it the first time and still kind of thinking, you know, when I was you know new to my uh, being a being a cinephile here, I was like, oh, am I going to like this as much, you know, because it's an older movie? No. Oh, my God. I, I absolutely loved it. It's another one that just helped me kind of fall in love with older movies. Yeah. And just recognize just how good they can be when some the... people still still seem kind of like reluctant to, to, oh, to get into them. You know, it's I think frustrating. This... They're so good. They're so funny. Yeah, I think ones like this are a really good gateway because they just move so quick. They're very funny. Um, they've got lots of colorful characters and humor, and there's mm-hmm. excitement. There's just really no fat on this movie. Yeah. It just blazes. Movies like this, or they have this kind of tone and feel to them that's kind of what made uh, classic films be like my little happy place last year (laughs) when i kind of needed like a happy place to go where there's like yes there's stuff under the surface you know something a little bit more serious that they're trying to say with the story but on the but on the surface, if you just watch it for like what it is, it's like a fun little mystery. It's like fun little mysteries slash es- espionage thriller slash, yep. you know, romance you know, on the run type of thing. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's just, they're they're just so charming and innocent and kind of low stakes that they just make it a really easy watch. And they're just they're still the dialogue kills me oh. still to this day. It's it's so much funnier than, <laughs> than yeah. you would even think. Yeah, they're just I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say the, I love these. Companies. No, you're, they just you're... make me. They make me very happy, you know? They just, yeah. they're just something about them that gives you kind of a warm, comforting feeling. I, if I had to say for sure, I think this is probably my favorite of the early British Hitchcock films. 
Um, I still have to catch up on a lot of them. Yeah, there are a few others that really stand out. I've already mentioned uh, 39 Steps, and which is great. It, it, I've seen that one. I've seen Progenitor. That one's a progenitor to something like North by Northwest or Saboteur, things like that. Um, and then there's, I love the original Man Who Knew Too Much. It's so good. I do love me some Peter Lurie. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few blind spots that I haven't filled yet with early Hitchcock. I have a whole collection of- uh, Me too. <laughs> I've, ha- I've had it for years and I still haven't watched all of them yet. Yeah. I mean, obviously, his American films are more well-known and sort of more higher, more highly regarded. But I think you're really missing something if you just skip these. Um, yeah. So there, there are a bunch that are worth... I think Blackmail is really good. Uh, and I think uh, Murder, as I recall, was pretty good. The Lodger, going back to the silent days. Oh, yeah. I think I have seen that one, yeah. Yeah, that one's quite good. Um, definitely worth checking out some of the earlier stuff if you never have and so absolutely and this was a great choice as um mystery movies because uh yeah we had our our initial when we initially came up with the idea for this episode we had some pretty honestly like basic movies that we were going to talk about and then we were like no we can come up with something maybe a little bit off the beaten path i think this was the perfect choice for that yeah yeah as much as i wanted one you would immediately think of yeah (laughs) As much as I wanted to do the Wicker Man, you're probably no. Right. We'll have to do that one someday, though, because man, that All movie right. f- floored me. That's just one you're like obsessed with in the moment. It'll pass, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. All right, so time for your movie. What are we talking about? We're talking about the Last of Sheila now, and I think this was one that we both discovered in the same year it was on my discoveries list two years ago what is time now was that two years ago i don't know i don't know but yeah i think we saw it in the same year it kind of came back into conversation i think because uh when stephen sondheim passed away and Mm -hmm. you know i think ryan johnson um gave a lot of love to it for because of he talked about it when when he was yeah when he was on uh, pure cinema podcast he was talking about a handful of movies that helped sort of you know some of his favorite murder mystery movies and you know there was mm-hmm. uh death on the nile under the sun from the uh, late 70s early 80s um there was sleuth and things like that and one that I still gotta see that one. yeah it's good it's good it's Anthony Schaffer as well, who wrote the two I just mentioned, Evil Under the Sun. He wrote the screenplays oh. for those. And a little movie called The Wicker Man. It just oh, keeps God. coming back to that. <laughs> I don't know why. But anyway, but The Last of Sheila was one that I hadn't heard of what, when they talked about it for whatever reason. And the thing is, of all the movies that I should have heard of, this is one of those for sure. Because I, the Herbert Ross, I think, is a terrific director. I like a lot of his movies. I've, I, I'm not a huge Footloose guy or anything, but um, there, there's some, there's some <laughs> hey, movies that I, grew I up like with a Steel lot. Magnolias. Well, I grew up with Secret of My Success. Uh, he also directed uh, Pennies from Heaven, which is a movie that I put on my uh, uh, discoveries yeah, list a couple right. years ago or last year. I love the Goodbye Girl. So yeah, lots of lots of good movies um, that he made. 
But more than that, I think, is the writing credits being, I know. you know, Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins. Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, that's just kind of, I don't know. Something about that seems wild. But then you hear these stories about how Stephen Sondheim, what he did with all his cachet, with all his wealth, uh, he didn't, the one big thing he did where he just sort of threw his money around was he had murder mystery weekends for his friends. What? Which is just the that, coolest thing, like cross country, like elaborate why cross. Can I be friends with Stephen Sondheim? <laughs> with Stephen Sondheim, yeah, so that I could do this. That, that's like my dream yeah. is to do like an actual like murder mystery elaborate game like this, not where people actually die, like in the right. movie. But you know, oh my god. Ugh. But Anthony Perkins and was one they, of those. That's what they base. And, yeah. yeah, that's and that's what they base this movie off of was those uh, those games that they would play, and I was just like. One, that's a fabulous idea. And then for them to not just make it a typical murder mystery, but it it's one that just, it's got so many twists yeah. on itself so many times that like watching it again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to take so many notes to keep all this stuff straight. It's not, it might be super confusing maybe the first time you watch it, but once things are kind mm-hmm. of revealed and you're, you're watching it again, it's, it's a little bit less twisty turny but that's what i love about it that's what's that's what i love about mystery movies yeah. is the writing behind that the the genius behind just like dropping those little hints in and i don't know it's just the, the thing people about that have one. a talent for doing that and making it effective yeah. is just i love it the thing about this movie that i love is there are no cheats you can no. figure out the mystery if you're paying attention it, it it's not just You're, like yeah it is it, and it's in not fact, like in the agatha christie stuff sometimes where there's yeah. information that is never even hinted at right like i'm thinking about evil under sun like i was trying to figure that out but there was stuff that he just like i was like oh it was this thing it was like oh i never even thought about that there was no there's not not really any hints you know yeah. to that it could have been that thing but yeah in the, the way that this is done you could if you thought about it hard enough you probably could and that's one figure of the things it out the way like the characters do about the other Ustinov Agatha Christie uh, death on the Nile is you can figure it out if you're paying attention I actually figured out a portion of it and I was like oh wow I I was right and it was fun I didn't it didn't make it boring it, it was like oh I, I did figure out part of this but that's okay it just kind of makes it kind of exciting to think oh mm. I could actually if you're paying attention you can get it, and that is definitely the case with this one. And there's even a line where James Coburn as Clinton says in the scene, now pay attention. If you're smart, yeah. you'll be able to win this game. And it's yep. and and there it, was it's that scene that you just draws you close. Yeah. Yeah, there's only one part of this that I was actually s- starting to figure out <laughs> yeah. in my head, like before it was revealed. Are, again, are we just going to talk about this? Like we gotta, like we know the conclusion. <laughs> I think you have to, uh, because it's just it, it doesn't Otherwise, work otherwise. Way too yeah, because this is a movie where we kind of need. I feel like we kind of need to go through the plot in order to really discuss it, because that's sort of the nature of the film. Because mm-hmm. it starts with this party and. Sheila we don't know exactly who she is she's she is in a fight with who we assume is her husband who turns out to be James Coburn's character Clinton Green she storms out he kind of yells after her to come back she starts walking down the street and then a car sort of peels out and we assume that it's him 
I, I mean, I, or at least I did. I, my assumption was, oh, he's chasing after her and he hits her with the car, but that's not necessarily the case because they never, they never show the driver. We don't know if it's a man or a woman. We don't know if it was someone who was at the party or not. It was just someone driving recklessly down that road, hits Sheila. She's dead. The person checks and sees that she's dead and drives away. So that that's uh, the the setup, and then we're shown immediately after that the boat, which is called the Sheila. Sheila, yeah, not the Sheila. You're right, Sheila. Yeah. So, and then we see Coburn uh, Clinton typing these letters out, and the way they introduce everyone is like, here's their letter, here's the person. This is, and at first I was like, I'm never gonna be able to keep this all straight. But actually, it doesn't. It's not that hard because there's seven people you need to keep track of, and that's really yeah. it. Because and the, the crew. At first, I thought, am I gonna need to pay attention to the crew that much? And it turns out you don't really have oh, to. Not really. They're no. not that involved, except at the very, at the very end. There's some funny stuff where. Uh, Chris, yes. Christine and uh, Christine. Guido. <laughs> Guido and Vittorio. Boy, she, she, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Christine is very resilient. She gets over lovers quickly, um, <laughs> as it turns out. I like how they introduce Clinton, too, because mm-hmm. there's like just all those board games yes. around in the, mm-hmm. in the room that he's in, just kind of establishing that this is a character that likes to play games, which... Yeah. The, the people that are you know invited um onto yeah. this it's a week-long yacht cruise thing where they're there and they all seem pretty sure that they're gonna have to play some kind of game because mm-hmm. that's just what clinton does and i think that comes from sleuth a little bit sleuth was very popular play from a couple years earlier it had been made into a movie terrific movie there's a there's a character in that movie. Lawrence Olivia's character is surrounded by games too. That's a big part of that movie. Okay. So I feel like and play, of course. And I feel that was brought into that. And then this movie, you can see this inspiring Glass Onion big time, because oh, got, a, yeah. again, you know, they send the game to all of these different people who are going to come and meet him on his island, right? And have a murder yep. mystery weekend. So this is. Definitely inspired by that. I think there's some evil under the sun in this. I, that, I know that is the book existed. The movie hadn't come out yet. Um, so I love how murder mysteries sort of inspire each other in different ways. It's kind of fun. They um, yeah, play yeah. on different expectations, though, as they go, making it a lot of fun. So the first person that we meet is Tom, correct? Tom and Lee, his wife. Yeah, Richard Benjamin as Tom Parkman and his wife, Lee. Uh, he's a screenwriter. Joan Hackett plays Lee. Who, oh, sorry, yes. Uh, he's a screenwriter, and he wants Clinton to... His main goal, it seems, to go on to the strip in the first place is he's... Because Clinton's a producer. Yeah. He's like, he's, is he finally going to produce this this play that yeah. has been in front of his... He's got something that he's had. This film that, that has been in front of his face for a long time, yeah. He bought the option. They said they're trying to live off the option, but they can't. And he's rewriting like spaghetti westerns or something like that now. Yeah. Is his job. 
And then probably my favorite character comes up next. Um, Diane Cannon as Christine. (laughs) She is a uh, talent agent. And I just, she's just one of those characters that's loud and fun and and boisterous and doesn't really care what people think of her. And uh, she's a fun character. I love her a lot. Then we have uh, Philip Dexter played by James Mason, who was a once you know, successful film director who is now directing dog food commercials uh, <laughs> with children. And that is disturbing uh, knowing uh, yes. what his secret is. And they kind of gloss over that in this movie, which is a little bit off-putting. That's, that's the part I don't like about this movie. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> that's off-putting because his secret is he's a child molester. But the thing is, all the secrets that yeah. Clinton has on them, they're all supposed to make them squirm and be uncomfortable, but not supposed to be but like... But they're not supposed to be serious. Serious. I know. And so they even that, say that in the movie. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah. Being a child molester is not serious. <laughs> yeah, what? this is 1973. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, so it's a weird thing, and um, it's weird. And so it's it's really um, unfortunate that that is an element of the movie, but it's the one thing that just kind of makes you go ew. And the fact that Philip is basically the winner, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost at the end that he's the one that is kind of the main one that comes out on top at the end of the movie is like I don't feel cool about that but uh james mason love him he's great do love james mason and he makes and let's face it the lolita thing kind of makes him perfect for the role <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that it's true <laughs> uh, that just occurred to me um then we have allison anthony uh played by raquel hello raquel welch yes <laughs> Raquel <laughs> Welch and Ian McShane uh, plays Anthony, her Who husband. Cares about him? Well, um. he's he's in a lot of great stuff. <laughs> Ian McShane is a great voice actor, and is, that's one of his biggest things. Is he does a lot of voice acting. I know. I'm just kidding, but she's just oh yeah, gosh, she's Raquel one Welch, of the so. <laughs> one of the most beautiful woman wow. women ever put on film. Uh, just I know, and she's just stunning in this. It's sort of like post hammer you know post her million years bc or whatever movie where she's mm-hmm. in the f- famous photo of the you know sort of leather yeah. leather bikini so that's it's that raquel welch in this movie and it's oh my it, just a knockout and um she's an actress and she just finished a movie and she's going on this trip to the south of france to clinton's yacht with her husband who was there to protect her and then we see the game will begin Every night at 8 p.m. shop. I got to say the killer. The killer in this movie does a really good James Coburn impression. That is another thing that made me go, Which, huh. I remember that was, I forgot about that that was a thing. And then I, I didn't even hear it in the line that yeah. they supposedly, like, that they flash back to. Like, I don't, rem- I don't know. Yeah. They, they should have made that a little bit more prominent, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It, like, but like, maybe it's one like of those things had, where you got to be really paying attention. Like, had the killer be able to, you know, like imitate him at some point earlier in the film or something like that, I think would have been. I think he just has the one line. Yeah. yeah. And then if you're not really paying as much attention, you won't. Yeah. But that's the point of like the the, point. that stuff in mystery movies that it's supposed to seem like nothing at the time, but it's actually a really important hint or clue. Yeah, and another important clue comes on their arrival. They all show up. He wants to take a yes, picture of them, and he places them in a certain order 
for this photo. Yep. And he's there's some great lines here. It's like, okay, look this way or you'll be out of the picture. And I don't mean this one. Yeah, and I don't mean this one. Which has <laughs> kind of a triple meaning because it could be the movie he's planned to make, the picture. But also, oh, sure. out of the picture is slang for, you know, killing you, right? Yep. Yeah, it's all... And then he calls them six hungry failures. Six hungry failures. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. It's that I... The thing about this movie, too, is that it's... I think it's very much a comment on Hollywood, too. Oh, totally. It is. Absolutely. And so many different... Way... A lot of different comments. Well, and you have and, Stephen all... Sondheim and Anthony Perkins, who... I mean, two people who were totally screwed over by hollywood oh really oh yeah absolutely anthony perkins he's a cult star now but i mean back in the day they didn't ugh, man True. he wasn't cast in anything except psycho after yeah. after that movie he was so heavily typecast and he was so good in those movies he was he in so did much get. good stuff yeah. yeah i mean he's in like you know those movies like play it as it lays and there's a there's one I saw recently, like um, Five Miles to Midnight or something like that, and uh, Pretty Poison, and um, yes, you know that one. Yeah, <laughs> and so good movies like that. Where you're gonna watch the trial? Yeah, the trial. You're gonna watch the trial here but, pretty soon. That's really good. But all like of these that. movies were under the radar, low budget, yeah, sort of unsuccessful movies because. They only wanted him as Norman Bates, you know, and then also like Crimes of Passion, the Ken Russell movie that came out in the 80s. Mm -hmm. That's a wild movie, too. So it's cool, though. Oh, it's a cool movie. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Anthony Perkins, I I feel like he probably was pretty, uh, pretty negative on Hollywood. Let's put it that way. Yeah. As far as Sondheim, I I think I think he'd, he'd probably didn't get the in with Hollywood that he probably should have gotten being as successful as he was on Broadway. It's like a big part of why all these people are even on this trip because Clinton like throughout the movie kind of kind of subtly or not so subtly insults them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, to their faces like throughout the whole movie. And pretty much the only reason that any of them are there is because they hate him, want to get something out of him. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They hate him. They don't really like him as a person, but it's that thing where it's like he's a connection and you got to keep your connections good in Hollywood to, to get anywhere. That's exactly right. And there's this, there's this line here. Can't remember who says it, but it says it's points. Everything with Clinton is points. Yeah, and, you know it's games again. It says he didn't even care about Sheila. He wants to make a movie about her. He didn't yeah, care Tom, about her. And he says, oh, he cared very much about her Arizona real estate holdings. Yeah, Tom and Lee and Christine have that whole yeah. conversation right at the beginning yeah. that they that he never even really loved her, and because this is taking place like on the like the year one anniversary year anniversary of, of her death. death. Yeah. So. I think they know that that is pretty significant. But then he's also talking about he, he wants to make a movie all about, you know, the life of his his late wife. And he's yeah. going to call it The Last of Sheila. The Last of Sheila. And so <laughs> the and which, which is a very... clue. Last of Sheila is a yes. clue to I mean, he doesn't even know when he says that, that it's it's the, the screenwriters know that. Yeah, last of Sheila is a important clue. It's not something that he had planned. So I think yeah, I think that's that's pretty, cool. that's pretty clever. Um, now the Sheila Green Memorial Gossip Game is what this is called. Um, <laughs> so 
And he says, you won't even eat. Okay, and, so. and, and there's a line that Philip says, I like any game where I don't have to move. And he says, well, if you pay attention, you'll be able to win this one. You'll be able to figure it out, which yeah. that's that's the thing I was starting to figure out. Because like you said, there was very important the way that they were first yeah. arranged. I have to remember when I'm watching these movies that it's usually something that happens at the very beginning yeah. is the answer. You know, that's how it always seems to play yeah. out. I need to remember that the next time I'm watching right. a mystery movie because... Well, Clinton tells us... And that's exactly us, what this is. He tells us specifically, and, and the, it's a it's a just him in the shot. It's very smart the way this is all set up. It's just him in the shot. He says, now pay attention. It's like he's saying it not just to those gathered. He's saying it to the audience. But to the says, audience. now pay attention. There's something that's going to happen here that is going to unravel the whole thing. Okay, and it's true. It's gonna mm-hmm. plant a seed. If you're paying attention, there's something that happens here that uh, is. While he's explaining the while game? he's explaining the game, when he hands out the cards, one of them says alcoholic. Yeah, and then we see Tom crumple up his card. Oh, so it's not Clint. Yeah, it's not Clinton saying pay attention. It's the, yeah. the writer yeah. saying that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's the part that gets confusing, yeah. too, because there's stuff that the person that runs the game doesn't even know yeah. is happening. Like, he's there's a part of it he's not running because someone else kind of takes over the game, basically. That's right. Over the course of the movie. He says, and he tells everyone, oh, don't do that. Save your cards. Everyone save your cards. And, uh, which they do. Um, then... Because they could use them uh-huh. if they, they could use them to figure it out. But they're told not to... Show them to anybody because the whole point. Okay, we got to explain the game. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So the the game is Clinton has supposedly come up with these fake secrets for everybody to be um, assigned. It gives everybody a card saying what their secret is. And we and see a couple stuff. of them at the beginning. Not all of them, though. Which ones do we see? I remember seeing Alcoholic. And really? I, I remember that. I don't know why, but I remember that. Then I don't think so because yeah. Philip has to figure it out what it is, right? He does, but I don't remember. Damn it. But <laughs> but I think it's not it's not that the characters are shown, it's that the audience has shown it. Because they show okay. like three of them inside. One of them is shoplifter, one of them's homosexual, you know. Uh-huh. And so we but we don't see all of them. So basically the the point of the game is for everybody to figure out who is who's got what card. Yeah. And it's supposed to be innocent like I said because these are fake secrets, right? And so every day that they're going to dock at a different port and he has left um a clue to what the sec- for um to figure out who holds a certain secret you know somewhere that they have to figure out so the, the first place they go all he gives them is a key that says sterling 18k on it and they just have to figure out mm-hmm. you know where to go and then that'll be the that will be the proof and the game for that night will end when the person who has that card finds the proof right <laughs> that would confuse the fuck out of me i not i would not I, be able to know but <laughs> it's a tough one and, and he tells them, you know, no conferring. This is an individual competition. Of course, yeah. what do they all do? They start talking to each other right away. They all team up yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're in the city. Tom finds a room first. And the game yes. doesn't end after he figures it out. So we know that he doesn't have the first one, the shoplifter. 
Okay. The shoplifter yeah. card. Uh, then Lee finds it next. Game still goes. The third person to find it, though, is Philip. And that's important. Right. Because then the game ends. Because he had that card. So that, which... I like the way that this is set up, too. This yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. Where they had to, like, play a little detective. Yeah. Like, the, Figure out the who key leads to the, a room. Yeah. yeah, the key leads to... Um, a room in a, a hotel, the Hotel Sterling, which is, mm-hmm. you know, if they were smart enough to figure that out, they would they would go to the right place. And there was like a, a dummy there with a knife in his back and is holding a perfume bottle Chanel and Clinton's five. sitting there. And he's like, you just got to you just got to figure out like what happened here. And then that'll reveal who's got that card. Yeah. Chanel number five. He figures out that it's actually he means like channel number five there's a tv that's playing and he changes it to the right channel and the picture of philip comes up yeah it's a close close circuit television yeah (laughs) yeah so that it's very i mean what rich people can do with their time okay (laughs) (laughs) but there's a certain person that is not playing exactly because he does tell he tells them at the beginning okay we're looking for the shoplifter here He tells them what clue or what um, secret that they're looking for wherever they go. And there's one person that's just not playing at all, and that's Alice. And she tells a story about how some years before she stole a coat out of a place. Mm. So now she does not have the shoplifter card, but she actually did it. So that's our first hint that these secrets are real. They are about people on the trip. He just mixed up who he gave them to. Yeah. He didn't give them to the person that it actually applied to. He mixed it up. Yeah, that's right. Bit, so that they wouldn't catch on to that. Not right away. Or they wouldn't want to play. These also happen to be the people who were at the party the night of Sheila's death. Yep. So it's all sort of this wonderful, <laughs> slow unfolding, right? And there's just more stuff going on behind the scenes amongst these players, too, because, like I said, Alice is not playing. She's just kind of sitting, having a drink by herself when she is approached by some unseen person that she talks to, that she tells to meet her later on in the deck. That's where she tells the story about, you know, being the shoplifter. All we see is a man's hand holding a cigarette. cigarette. So she's, we know she's having an affair with somebody else on that boat. And we say, you know, I can't believe I couldn't remember who had it. I know who, who I it was. Know. I know it says it says she says stuff like we all know stuff about each other, but not the same stuff. So uh. this re- sort of idea that we all have these secrets, and and then she says, "How are you going to, or so, how are you going to get through this week without jumping on my bones?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which she does say that. Which uh, I'm like Raquel Welch. She said that to the camera. <laughs> yeah, she is saying it to the camera. It's like, well, she I said it to the camera, and I'm like, I don't know, Raquel. Yeah, Raquel, that <laughs> is that is a very difficult question. And it's also important that she shows the person that she's talking to the card that she has. Yeah, which, which is, is the homosexual, homosexual card. card. And she says, I thought it might be you. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and she's right. <laughs> she is. That's right. Um. And now, then they show Clinton in his room, and we find that he can listen in on the other rooms. He's got all their rooms wired for sound, yeah. and he's like switching back and forth. That's right. That's <laughs> right. What they're, his guests are talking about. They also show Anthony um, with head, his very funny shot of him, like got head. He's like sitting in bed, and he's got headphones on, listening to something, and he's got two the puppets, puppets, the puppets on his hands yeah. that he's just kind of like messing around with. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Christine. Which is funny, but then it also comes up. It later comes on. up later. Uh, and Christine um, comes in to uh, Clinton's room wearing nothing but a shirt with nothing on it. And, 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 and a captain's hat. And, uh, you know. Captain's hat, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, though, so they're having a fling. Then we have Lee. They're up in the room. They're t- uh, she's talking with Philip about, you know, they're trying to live off the rewrite jobs and the options from Freak Show, the. The, yeah. the movie that he wrote and then you know uh tom's in the other room he's chopping up the ice well there's another thing yeah. too like lee talks about um apparently she had like a famous hollywood father mm-hmm. so she's obviously got the one that's got the money that's in the right. relationship and she also says something to philip about how she remembers how how sweet philip was to her when she was a kid Ah. Was, that just that was another part that made me go oh okay i missed that doesn't seem like mm-hmm. there was anything there but that's just another like ah yeah um but anyway this is looking back this is okay should we just reveal this is where sure. tom steals the ice pick that he, yes. <laughs> yeah so tom steals the ice pick here okay right and yeah. puts it in his pocket and it's they show him with the ice pick then it cuts away and the ice pick's gone which you don't really think about in the moment because he's just making a yep. drink <laughs> and now later they show people on board with you know like hitting at the ice with like this uh it's not a pick it's like a can, it's opener, like a or can opener thing or something yeah. it's like a bottle opener yeah um, so they don't draw any attention to it yeah it's very so philip says something very subtle like, where's that pick then last two days yeah 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 then we have the next day where they are clinton is like getting out his scuba gear and uh, he's there's so, actually there's some funny interactions like you like where christine is tanning <laughs> And yes. she says, I, my ha- favorite lines. I, ha- I have to, I have to spend 25 no, Lee, minutes on my front. Yeah. Lee asked her to put, uh, some Lee or is it Lee or is it Alice? No, Al- it's Alice. Alice asked for, to put some, some Alice asked to put sunscreen on her back. And Christine says, well, now I'm on a schedule. Cause I have to spend, she's tanning herself. She says, I have to spend at least 25 minutes on my front today. And Alice says, is that to make up for the 25 minutes you spent on your back last night? And Christine just laughs at that, which I kind of love. Yeah. Like she just kind of owns, you know, like yeah, what she's it's doing. It's like, yeah, like, whatever, you know, it's another gross thing about Hollywood thing, you know, about having things that you probably think you have to do, do to success. get ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's a comment on that for but sure. But this is also when um, Anthony asked to be an associate producer. Uh, asked Clinton if he can um, have an associate producer position on the film that he's working on about Sheila. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clinton just kind of goes like boo-hoo at him <laughs> or whatever. Like basically, like yeah. totally. Yeah, they're all kind of trying to talk to Clinton as he's just about to. He's getting on his scuba gear and he's just going to kind of take a little swim around the boat. And Christine is out on like a, on an air mattress, just floating on the, around the boat herself. And Clinton starts taunting them. He says, Hey, Tommy, let's talk about your last lasagna Western rewrite, you know, and then, um, says something to, I think. I didn't get that at first. I was like, (laughs) spaghetti Western. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he says something about. I have some notes for the director, you know, sort of taunting Philip, you know, about mm. how <laughs> how he's a hack is how he clearly feels about that. So 
as Christine is floating out there on the ocean, the Mediterranean, okay, we are in the south of France after all, right? Yes. Uh, Someone starts the engine and she almost gets sucked down to the propellers. Yeah. And uh, Clinton is also in that general vicinity too, but neither of them get hurt. Just a little shaken up. She has a great line when she gets back on board. Because <laughs> she's kind of hysterical. She's, she's saying weird yeah. shit when she's she's get back. She gets back on board. Yeah. Get me a glass of water and a couple lesbians. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all want yeah. that, Christine? Yeah. So anyway, that's a, that's very funny. Um, yeah. Well, and then Philip says a funny line. He says, according to the rules of the genre, we should be looking for a motive. Because uh, they kind of realize they're in a movie, which is part of yeah. the fun of this. They realize they're in a murder mystery. I like how they talk. They have lines later on. They they, they kind of talk like, yeah, they know that they're in a movie. Because yeah. Philip has something about, like, let's do the director's cut <laughs> yeah. version now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton gives his island speech, which is, you know, don't his interrupt me during speech. my island speech. And, and she, Chris, Christine has so the, good in this. And Christine has like this big submarine sandwich. Says, I'm still a little <laughs> yeah. wussy, but I'm eating solid food now. And it's like this big giant sandwich. It's really funny. His tiny island speech is about um, talking about how he could buy some yeah. tiny island and and um, be king to like maybe six families that live there. And he it's like some i didn't write down dig down exactly like no poor people you don't deserve me as your king right <laughs> kind of thing yeah which is just i mean it seems like it's typical for the character yeah he's, he's thoroughly unlikable so when he's he's that charming yeah. kind of unlikable though that's really annoying yeah. it's like where it's like i kind of like you but you're also a pretty awful person yeah. it seems like yeah and just James Coburn too, with his big teeth and everything, and oh, his big smiles. <laughs> like he's perfect for this. He's role. terrific. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes at you, like throws the clues, uh, Tom, uh, at them on the deck. He says, "We'll be looking for the homosexual in a monastery." Uh, is <laughs> where else is tonight? Is tonight's <laughs> game? Then they show. He's like, you know, Tom's gonna go take a shower, and someone mm-hmm. looks in his wallet and he sees their card. And it says a hit. His card. His card. It says hit and run killer. But there's a problem if you've been paying attention because the card is not crumpled up. It is pristine. Yep. And I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. That was a good catch. I, so I wrote that down and here's like, wait a minute. He crumpled up his card because that, that was probably in the back of my mind from the first time I watched it, to be honest. But I uh, thought about it this time. This is where the movie turns into something else. And this is so great because the game is so fun here at first. You know, they're on the island. It's sort of like um, they're at this old monastery. There's different tapes playing of Gregorian chant. I love this line, too, when they walk into the monastery. It's all rather like a hammer film, isn't it? (laughs) Someone says, I I love that. (laughs) That's Anthony. That's Anthony. I jotted that one down uh, because I was like, yeah, I, 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 I love love that part of me wants to see hey is was he in hammer movies ian mcshane doesn't look like it which is you know a shame that would have just been that much more perfect um but anyway (laughs) 
the ga- yeah the game is still fun yeah they have to um basically find there's there's sound they can't tell where the sound of the the singing or the chanting is coming from they basically have to find because it's several Clinton different... by following the sound yeah it's several different tape recorders, yeah. Yeah, they have to wear the the monk's robes, and I love keep the, <laughs> the, vow the of rules silence, that are written. Yeah. <laughs> they have to keep the vow of silence. That means um, Christine... Must be observed. So keep your fat trap shut, Christine, Christine is yeah, what it says yeah, on <laughs> where he's got the rules written out. <laughs> but again, like she handles it like, well, she's like, well, I don't like that, but she's, <laughs> she, she thinks it's funny. She, yeah. And she knows she, she knows she knows herself. That's yeah. Yeah. I think she was probably the inspiration in some respects for uh, Kate Hudson's character in Glass Onion. Uh, but I th- think said that. I, I think she totally see that. But I think Christine is a lot more self-aware. Where mm-hmm. Birdie, she's smarter. Birdie in that movie is completely oblivious to sure. just how kind of vapid she is. Um, and ignorant she is, and so Christine is is Christine, some not of that... ignorant. She's but she's she's smart too, but yeah. she does have sort of the motor mouth, and she's a partier, and she all these kinds of things. So there, there's some of those similarities, and some of that almost feels like a facade. Yeah, in some ways, when like when she gets to like her reveal of like which secret is belongs to her, you know. Yep. Feels like that she's there's more to her than what she you know uh, lets us lets other people see. Yeah, some of that's just part of like pl- having to play the Hollywood game, mm-hmm. put on the act. Yeah, that's right. So Philip finds Clinton first, and they find that the door to the confessional yes. is stuck, and so that's an important kind of moment. Then Tom finds him next, and he mentions you know the the door stuck, the volumes maybe a little bit too low, and he's just like. And what I Clinton, didn't get Clinton is was frustrated. That... He's like, "Oh, nothing's going quite the way he planned." Yeah. And then it cuts. That's Well, just one thing I didn't yeah. get to about they they do have to find Clinton and he is wearing a wig, a wig and, and red lipstick. Yeah. I didn't get that he was supposed to look like Alice yeah. and because Alice is the one that has the card that they're looking for yeah. here, so. And if that was something I missed or it wasn't made quite clear, but that's I was like, why is he? I don't get why he's dressed like that. But Christine does have a line when uh, she sees him and says, oh, oh, so Alice has the homosexual card. Like, that's the part. Right. That's what they're trying to figure out. Yeah. So I find it interesting because it cuts away to some of the others sort of wandering around the monastery in different places. But then when it comes back, someone finding the recording, not him. Yeah. Yeah. They say, so someone is at the door to the confessional and it's, and they open it. Okay. And Christine goes in there and sees Clinton inside. But here's the thing. He, she hears him talk, but his mouth doesn't move. His eyes are glassy. And if your head moves, his head moves is sort of it's sort of weird. And here's the thing: if you're not paying close attention, you may not even notice that he's dead at this point. He's clearly dead. Yeah. And uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, I I didn't notice that. I just sort of took it for for granted. I thought maybe it was like bad dubbing or or something like that. Because 70s movies sometimes had that, you know. Sure. Well, because when Christine comes into the room, there's already somebody that's out of the confessional that, you know, has to tell her, like, go in here. Yeah. They don't show that person. Yeah, they don't talk. So I was like, that's something. The person doesn't talk. Because we've already, yeah, because we've already seen Clinton before when Philip and Tom 
found him right. so like why aren't we seeing who is supposedly clinton now like right. something, something was off with that well and the next person to find it is alice and then the game over the game is over sign slips out but the thing is the game wouldn't be over until after she found him and she says that's not fair yeah Clinton, you can't do that because because yeah. the game can't already be over like the game can't be over until she, yeah until she's, she's the one that found, found him. Him. So something definitely amiss going off about uh, a miss okay. <laughs> amongst this game. Yeah, because they show because him, it's not really yeah. Clinton's game anymore. That's right. They show him back on the ship in the morning, and they can't find Clinton. He hasn't been back. He didn't sleep in his in room. His bed. They don't know yeah. where he's at. So they go back to the island. And they discover Clinton's body. His head has been smashed by a stone. They find a, um, a cigarette in the confessional that right. has been like burned, stomped on, burned down. Very, very interesting weird. way. Yeah. Now, Tom says something's wrong. And he sort of uh, does the Hercule Poirot thing and sort of. Yes. <laughs> so this is this is I this I think this is how this was done. They find the burned cigarette. Clinton didn't smoke cigarettes, and then he does this whole thing. What if the propeller and the stone weren't accidents? You know, this stone came from the bottom of the column, not the top. So if it, it just couldn't have just fallen, fallen on it, him. Yeah, it had. It would have had to be someone deliberately put it there piece of wood from the grill in the police box or police box in the (laughs) confessional (laughs) booth confessional booth was found in his robes um and they're newport cigarettes which alice smokes newports yeah and lee does yeah so they're all over the ship so tom says i think he was killed in the priest box and pulled out and then his head smashed with a stone so he was already dead when he was so this was placed here. This is this is not yeah. how he was killed. It was set up to look like an accident. Yeah, it was it's actually not murder. Yeah, he's not wrong. He's, he's not, not wrong. lying. He's entirely. not lying. <laughs> he he did die in the priest box. Yep. Um, and someone so, set it up to look make it look like an, an accident. And and then Two I like <laughs> I, I like Christine's line. This is where they're they're all kind of like this is the drawing room sequence. You know, they're all together in the room. They're all. <laughs> yes figuring it out we can all christine says none of, we can all agree that none of us killed him right i mean who would okay who wouldn't but who really would <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines i love that so much um yep. glass of water and two and a couple lesbians is probably my favorite but there's some <laughs> but that one's pretty good um this like let's put our cards excuse the expression on the table literally um, yeah so we see them put down and we find out what all of them are so they are shoplifter homosexual those we already knew the others are ex-convict informer at first he says child molest no that's not right it says little child molester and, and then Tom has a whole, card that he's not th- th- revealing that he's yet. not revealing yet, and he's just sort of talking through it. And and this um, is where I started to think, yeah, um, because this is another clue. Uh, the wording of some of these cards is a little weird. It is, and this is it part is. of like what I was starting to figure out, like right before it was revealed. Uh, so I felt kind of smart there. That was the only part yeah. of this movie that I, I well, could figure out on my own. It's it's way too well thought out for me to have gotten I anything. Ju- 
and I just, I just, the way I laid them out there, just kind of, kind of, yeah, that, gave it that away. was a big clue. I, the that, way that was purpose. I, <laughs> I wrote it because I wrote S H E I L, and then I wrote down an A, and I put down one that I put a question mark next to because I swore I saw that card. Oh, now but, I'm gonna have to go watch it again to and see. Then, if and then he pulls, know. and then Tom pulls out the card that says "Hit and Run Killer," but. It doesn't fit the acronym. Nope. It doesn't fit the acronym it does not. Sheila. We already the others, have an H. The, the others all f- spell out Sheila except for the last letter. And it doesn't make any sense for the last letter not to be the A because th- we know the game, the type of games that Clinton plays at this point. So, for, so if you're watching close enough, I think when you see that doesn't fit, you're kind of like, wait a minute you know that something's off here i don't know that you could have figured out because the way that they yeah. the way that they lay the cards out i don't know that you could have they figured don't out give them the acronym order, that's right at yeah. the time but you might start getting like like i did like the the wording of it they're just saying ex-convict like why don't why yeah. doesn't it just say convict convict right yeah then the big one is little child the little child molester child why do you need to, to say little why do you need to a say big, little right <laughs> big child right. molester yeah yeah um, then they each sort of claim different ones. A homosexual card is claimed by Tom. Said he had a fling with with Clinton before he and Lee were married. The shoplifter was Alice, which we already knew. The informer, Christine, who Christine. gave herself up to HUAC, who uh, yep. informed on people to HUAC, uh, the House on American Activities Committee. American Activities Committee. Yeah, in the fifties. So then we have. The ex-convict. Now, here's the thing, you know, uh, that's uh, Philip tries to say, well, I got arrested once. No, this says ex-convict. Yeah. There's a difference. Convict is not the same as being arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So Anthony's there's the something about Lee. Well, there's something about Lee that they tried to apply. Mm-hmm. They tried to apply that to Lee that she was arrested yeah. at an anti-roar rally or something. But then sure. Anthony's like, no, I've actually been to prison twice. That's me. That's right. So there's this insistence. And then the Lee claims the hit and run killer. And yeah. Philip never says he's the child molester, but that's all that the movie never tells you, be it, but that's all that's left. You, he has to be. Which um, to me feels like another like Hollywood thing because everyone just seems to know. Yeah. That it's Philip too, or it just yep. seems to accept that it's him. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's right. Now, and then Lee says she's the hit and run killer, and she confesses that, you know, she. Which she, Tom uh, should yeah. be the main suspect, they say, because he has the hit and run killer car but like he they, they even they say that like i think he's the one that says that too like i should be the main suspect right because i have a hit and run killer card because obviously that's the whole point of the game right mm-hmm. it's to figure out because this is all about sheila right yeah. but then when lee admits to it that's something that's totally unexpected for one thing right she admits that she she's the one that looked at uh tom's card and so there's a then there's a flashback to at the monastery her pleading with philip uh philip Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> why do I? Why did I write Philip in my notes? Um, because she knows the point of the game. Because she saw that hit and run killer card. Because yeah. she is the one that killed Sheila. Right. And so she admits that to Clinton. But the thing is, Clinton. But it's not Clinton. Well, he he's <laughs> already somebody, he's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that is posing as Clinton is whispering to them. That's another kind of clue. The way he's talking yeah. to them mm-hmm. after he's 
dead that we know like he's just very whispered and so it kind of could be anybody yeah you know that's playing him it's not because james coburn too has a very distinctive voice (laughs) right so it'd be hard to imitate that but yeah yeah yes now um lee kind of confesses to the murder of clinton because she did take like a a lamp stand a candle stand or something like that big yeah golden candle holder yeah, and smashed his face with it pretty much. Is yeah. it. And and then she said she dragged his body out of the confessional, put the stone on, smashed the head with the stone, and um, came back with them on the boat. So that that's so she did in fact quote unquote kill him. But what she doesn't realize is that he was already but, dead. Um, yes. So the, then they have the whole you know she goes back to her cabin. She drinks the bourbon down like the whole bottle of bourbon now lee i'm sorry christine is having a conversation with anthony and philip saying and they bring up that lee was in aa uh for mm-hmm. a while that she had been an alcoholic uh a a <laughs> alcoholic um so <laughs> then they show tom going in he takes the bottle from lee then we see the bottle of jim beam thrown overboard yeah. And Philip sees it. So Philip goes looking for Lee, but she's not in her room and then finds her in Clinton's bathtub with her wrist cut. So she looks it, very ghoulish. And she's like yeah. already kind of gray. She's very gray looking. Ugh. Yeah. So she it's has um, apparently committed suicide after all this. So it's all over, right? Yeah, that's the end. Lee admitted problem Lee solved. admitted to killing Sheila and Clinton, and now she's she's out. So yeah, movie's over. Is it, or it is, is it? Not. Um, so they have their little conversation on the dock between Alice and Tom, and we who discover was the mystery man the mystery that Alice man was talking to? Was Tom? Tom. They were having an affair, uh, but she is no longer interested because he is no longer married. Mm-hmm. She tells him, <laughs> if you get married again, give me a call. So she's just kind of into married dudes. Uh, <laughs> she says that that's a thought she has. Yeah. And she realizes how messed up that is. So yeah, she knows that's something she's got to work on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's... That's that reveal. Yeah. Um, we know that he was having an affair with with Alice, which means okay. So if he he was the guy that she was talking to, he was the guy that she showed her card to. So he was one yeah. of the first ones to catch on to the fact that the secrets were real, yes, and not ones that Clinton had made up. Um, that's right. That's important. <laughs> it is important. Yeah, we find Philip burning the different. Uh, cigarettes. Yeah, Tom goes back. Everyone seems to have like left, and Tom sees that there's like lights on in the yacht, and he goes back and he finds Philip carrying out an experiment, as he says. Yeah, it's like he's concerned about the shape of the cigarette butt because it's burned in a very you know like the the whole bottom half of it is kind of there, yeah. but the top half is gone. So he says, okay. Now, here's he drops a cigarette, stamp it out. He does. And then he says, all right, try it again. And then he turns the lights off right before he does it. He stamps on the filter instead of on the, on the top end, right? And so he says, now that, if it's the dark, you could reasonably be expected to maybe stamp out the wrong end. 
right. of 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 a cigarette, right? And so it burned. That's why it burned so strangely. The, then it talks about the piece of the wood. It's not from the confessional side because that was carved wood. It's from the other side where the wood was plain. And then they show uh, Tom. Um, yeah, with the eye, with the with, like the, opener, whatever the, the thing the, is, the bottle to bust opener, up the ice. busting up the ice, and and it dawns on. I think he actually. This is where it dawns on Philip. Yeah, where's the ice pick? And then he lays out. Then he, it sort of all comes together in his head at that moment. And he says, <laughs> "This is where he has the line where he he kind of takes over what Tom had done earlier." Yeah. And he says, "Allow me, please. This is the director's cut. <laughs> this is the director's <laughs> like cut. It's a great line." And so he figures out that the killer in the confessional probably dropped the cigarette. Uh-huh. Into the part of the confessional that Clinton was sitting in, and he stamped—he's the one that stamped it out weird, so that Clinton would bend over and be in a better position for the killer to take the ice pick and stab, stab him, him in with the it. back of the neck. Yes. So then, when Christine yeah. showed up, then the killer had to. That's when it was the the person that was telling her to go in. We don't see the person's face telling her to go in the booth. And yeah. he's <laughs> kind of it's funny. They show him like like holding the Clinton's head up with the ice pick and like yeah. moving it around. Yeah. This whole ventriloquist thing. It's very right. creepy. It's ghoulish and it's kind of clever in its own way, too. And then that's when Lee shows up and... As I say, killed a kills him a again. Dead kills, man kills, kills a, a dead, dead man. man. Yeah, and then needlessly committed suicide. About, well, he yeah. also says that the the actual killer changed some of the evidence so that it would mm-hmm. look like murder. You know, so that it would look. You know, so so that it would look deliberate <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. So it was. It's interesting. Yeah, so it sort of twists and turns on top of itself a few times. It's pretty fun. He um, hasn't figured yeah. out everything just yet, though. Right. When he says, well, when he says that about like her having needlessly committed suicide, that's when Tom's like, <gasps> he's acting all huffy. It's like yeah. someone's come and killed my wife. I gotta figure out who it was. Hold yeah. on, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. He, he searches. Don't say an- that. Anthony's room. <laughs> searches Anthony room Anthony's room and they he just finds those puppets and then they show him come back and this is really you know you're kind of like where is this going um yeah because they show him come back up and that's also where Philip finds that's the when, picture yeah and Philip realizes the picture that, they took on the first day yeah and everyone is under a certain letter and when that shot came up i was like that's what i was that's what i was that's yeah. what my brain was trying to work out okay the the Each letter that they're standing under coincides with their card with the that card that, that they, they were given yes. yes not the one that was their actual secret but the one that they were given yeah so under shoplifter is where philip is you know under the s i should say under h is where uh, alice is and so forth so and that's where he figures out wait a minute you know the like the little child molester is a weird wording and why doesn't the last one begin with an a why did why is it hit and run killer and not (laughs) yeah tom is the one standing underneath the a that's right and and the last of sheila starts with an a Mm. that's (laughs) which is just like it's it just it's just there you go it it takes yeah the title of the movie has like a triple meaning to, yeah. yeah 
It's great. And they, uh, isn't there a line too? The someone says in the movie is like, "We haven't heard the last of Sheila." <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is another meaning, you know, to that that phrasing. Right. So he's sort of. Uh, yeah, he remembers something that the he, what Christine yeah. said about um, her being about Lee being in AA. So he figures out that it was alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah, the A that had to have been the last card because you know the other one doesn't make sense. It had to have been an A, and it has to stand mm-hmm. for alcoholic. And Tom had to have changed it for some reason. Yep. <laughs> And that's where he remembers Tom, uh, Tom crumpled up his card. Yep. And he notices it because that's when Clinton says, "Now, no, save those. You know, don't." He, he said he notices that he partially crumpled up his card, and then yeah, so he, we we find out that you know he shows Tom that that the beginnings of the card spell out the name yep. uh, Sheila. Then there's the question Tom asks, well. Why would I want to kill Lee? And his answer is Alice. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and 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 then he also brings up the fact that her estate must be worth three million. And then Tom says five. Five. So he basically <laughs> gives himself up with that word. And oh what a gives great him, moment. Gives that himself is. a motive, yeah. And then we have the weirdness. It says, but who started the propeller? And Philip says, Oh, that was me. <laughs> And I think it's, he didn't want to hurt Christine. That was unintentional. I think it's because he wanted to, he was just tired of Clinton's bullshit. was in the water too. Yeah. Yeah. He was just tired of Clinton's bullshit. And yeah. So that's what it came down to with that. So Tom always knew that Lee was the one who killed Sheila because of the whole, um, she switched out the car that was used in the hit and run it with another car. She drove it to Vegas and switched it out at a rental car place. And he had seen like the, the bill or something from the rental car place. Right. Um, so he made a new card to set up lee for lee to find the one that says hit and run killer so that she would think that you know she was basically the the object of the game which she did uh-huh yeah he, just, he set her up and um he she arranged everything to make it look like it was an accident you know that she because she thought she killed clinton but then he came back after she left and changed it around to make it wrong so that it would look like a murder and not an accident it's right. so confusing yeah. <laughs> because it's she great. did use the right part of the pillar at first yep. and he switched it out using the wrong wrong part, part. Of the yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right see that's what we mean about like everything is like turned on top of itself several times and you, yeah. even on second watch i was still like okay i think i've got it now <laughs> yeah yeah that's right that's right this one holds holds up to multiple viewings for sure absolutely uh now I love <laughs> And he spiked her drink. He spiked her drink, set, that's right. With, set up mm-hmm. set up her suicide. He's the one yeah. that actually slit her put her in the bathtub and slit her wrist. wrist. That's right. Because uh, he put it so, in the bourbon <laughs> because she was the only one who drank bourbon. And that's then right. oh. Tom knows the jig's jig is up, so to speak. And he's he, acting very cool through yeah. I love the way that Richard Benjamin plays this whole part. He's acting really cool listening to Philip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do all this. Then he pulls his hands out from behind his back, and he's wearing the clown <laughs> the, the clown puppets shot. on his hand, which is so funny. And then he says, "It's a creepy shot." It's but funny, it's a but great it's moment. Weird look, it's weird looking. Yeah. When he says, "I don't have any gloves," 
it's just like that's it's, such a great moment. It's brilliant, and he starts strangling uh, Philip. Well, uh, they're tussling, they're rolling around the room, and you know, Tom's almost got him, and Christine comes in. Yep, and we discover that she was down in. Clinton's room with Guido, the one of the crew members, uh, having a little tryst. She, she was she was hot for Vittorio most of the movie, but yeah, that didn't work out apparently. So she switched <laughs> like, him out for again, Guido. Yeah, again, I like how that's revealed. She because they're like, "What are you doing back here?" And she's like, "I was sleeping." But like Guido okay, is well. there in the back. Okay, not really sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, like, it's okay. It's funny. And then we discover she heard them over the yeah. intercom. So the entire yep. confession, the entire breakdown was broadcast over the intercom. Um, so you have more than one person who knows that Tom did this. And she's yeah. acting very cool, too. She is like, very cool. Did she hear cool about everything? It yeah, I know. I wonder, I wonder if she uh, heard everything or she just heard part of, yeah I don't know. i'm i'm getting the impression she heard part of it i don't think she knows the whole thing it seemed like no. or she would be a little bit more c- yeah. concerned in some way right. you know? <laughs> a little more horrified and then and then uh, philip talks about how she's gonna make uh, they're gonna have someone else write the script and uh <laughs> make they're gonna go ahead with the uh the movie the last of sheila, and they're sheila. Gonna have yeah. have uh tom do the rewrites um, so, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, this is what I don't like about the movie again is like the Philip, he's kind of the sc- smart scumbag in this yeah. moment is like yeah. punishing the guy who's you know, done all of this stuff, but also using him to get himself ahead in Hollywood. Another yep. you know comment on Hollywood doing horrible things to it get what is. you want. It is. He saves his own ass by using, he's going to use Tom, the money that he's going to get from Lee to, to fund this movie and help himself. And yep. That's right. That's <laughs> he's right. Not it, really a person we don't want to get ahead in Hollywood because he's the child molester, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great uh, as far as, but that's, I think that's also the point of the movie is that yeah. these people are really not good people. I mean, all of them are yeah. just kind of, kind of, terrible <laughs> you know um and, but i think that is like i said like, like the point lee would almost be the the better person she's like the, them yeah all. she's like the best of them all yeah, uh, yeah. but she's also the one that killed, killed sheila, sheila but it was an accident yeah she uh, was drunk she was driving drunk she was so, driving drunk true that's yeah, not good so. yeah <laughs> anyway uh, she's the most morally she was i think she was the most was like affected by it morally by it all she was too, very conflicted yeah. yeah yeah but um anyway yeah it was great to revisit this yeah i know good movie so much humor so much and you can see why you know someone like ryan johnson loves this movie because this is the kind of thing with the knives out movies that he's trying to achieve is something that is sort of this impenetrable mystery, but it's still sort of laid out for you on the screen. It's not cheated at, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's something that you can solve if you, you know, give it a little bit of work, but also the kind of humor and characters that are in it too. You can yeah. see where that all comes from in movies like this one. And that's why I like 
movies like this. I mean, all sure. all the ones, all the Poirot movies, and now hopefully there will be a lot more with um, Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Blanc. You know, I would yeah. I would love to see like a whole series of movies with with him more murder mysteries i mean yeah it's the comedy it's the topsy turviness of the yep. plot that's super frustrating but also really fun to like try and figure out at the same time and um this is when i don't mind when um movies kind of pull one over on me because no. i mean that's the whole point it's, it when it's the most fun to watch that's part of i mean these make actually the act of watching movies a more fun experience than just being a passive viewer yeah, like that's why it's much I love, more interactive um yeah, yeah it's that's why um mysteries are always kind of my favorite and this is absolutely one of the best ones that i've seen i agree yep all right, so uh, we are kind of heading into December here after this, and so we are going to do what we'd normally do, and we're going to release one episode in December and then take a little break and then come back after the start of the year with our Best of 2023 and Discoveries episodes, yep. uh, which are always a lot of fun for us to do, and people seem to enjoy those, so that's what we'll be doing now. Um did we want to say what we're doing for... I don't know that we've come to a uh, definitive... A f- d- definitive decision. That's it'll fine. Be, yeah. It'll be something Christmassy for sure. Yeah. But... And we want to have a little bit more fun like we did uh, last the last uh, Christmas episode that we did, which was Christmas horror films. Yeah. Um. So, look... We, we, maybe, maybe it's kind of like uh, this one was at first where we didn't we knew kind of what we wanted to do but we haven't made it our definitive choices yet so we'll just leave that up to be a mystery too that what sounds our Christmas like a good episode is going to be this yeah. year yeah 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 but I'm sure that it'll be fun for everyone involved including us <laughs> so. mostly just us mostly just us yeah <laughs> that's probably true. okay uh, so uh, we are around on the socials sometimes you can find me at brian waves 42 on pretty much all of them now whatever one you find yeah you can mostly just find me on instagram at michelle Egan. and the show is on twitter and instagram at movie life pod and then um you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify etc etc we'd appreciate that very much and yeah it's been a this is our third year We've got one more that's episode right. and it's going to be, that's going to be three years of the Movies for Life podcast. Wow. Does it feel like it's been that long? No. No. It flies by. a good by. way. It flies by. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we hope everyone's having a nice beginning to the holiday season as you're, as you're listening to this and yeah. um, enjoy the festivities of the end of the year here, however you celebrate. We look forward to the next one. And so until then, what are we going to do? We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.